Hey guys, um, throughout the COVID crisis, I want to bring you guys um, some really, really helpful episodes. And I think that today's is going to be really helpful. Um, I talked with uh, Chris Shipferling and Jason Somerville from Global Wired Advisors. Um, these guys are experts in e-commerce uh, mergers and acquisitions. And we talked through um, what's going on right now and what after the crisis could potentially look like. I'm going to give you guys a, a little bit of um, a teaser and tell you that um, what we talked about was all good news, um, that if you can get through this time, uh, there's really, really good news out there for you and for your brand. Um, so just be encouraged. And uh, I hope that you guys uh, love today's episode. These are truly unprecedented times, and we don't know what the future is going to look like. What we do know is that there's hope. With every downturn in the market, there are companies who will make it and those who won't. With all of that being said, we will be putting on weekly, if not more than weekly, webinars where we talk about what funding is available during times like these, how to pivot your business, what types of marketing messaging to use in times of crisis, and more. Join us at mindfulmarketing.co slash free dash webinar. Now onto today's show. All right, and we are live on Facebook. I have Jason Somerville and Chris Shipferling from Global Wired Advisors here. Uh, we're in the midst of the COVID uh, crisis right now, and um, we're going to talk mergers and acquisitions during crisis times um, like this and a couple other things. Um, stay, stay tuned right now, guys. This is a super interesting conversation. We've been chatting for about 10 minutes before, and uh, yeah, welcome on, guys. Thanks, awesome. Jordan. Thanks for having us. Yeah, appreciate it, man. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So what's going on? Are all mergers and acquisitions done right now? That's what I'm assuming. <laughs> right. Well, um, luckily, you would be incorrect in your assumption. Um, okay. You know, I, I think, you know, we wanted to kind of give your audience a little update on where things are in the M&A world, uh, since that's the world we, you know, we play in. Um, you know, what we're seeing really, you know, we, we focus on uh, small to medium sized digitally native businesses. So that's where all of our transactions are, are really focused. And what we're seeing is, is any transaction that was under letter of intent uh, headed towards a closing yeah. has really not lost uh, any momentum. In fact, I'd say the, the sort of theme is those deals are even picking up uh, momentum to try and close as quickly as possible. Okay. Uh, and that's, you know, both sides of the table are interested in doing that. So from that perspective, it's sort of business as usual in many, many ways. Obviously, COVID's a, a topic of discussion, how the individual company is sort of set up to either deal with it well, not deal with it well, what are the effects, you know, what are the follow-on effects? Those are all discussion topics, but in terms of actually affecting the deal closing or the deal terms, uh, we've seen very little effect there uh, so far. Now, with new transactions, you know, the way that we're approaching it is, is being a little more cautious and having it be somewhat deal dependent. But that's a very short term phenomenon in our view. We'll get to this later about what we think some of the big takeaways from all this are going to be for for digitally native businesses, especially e-com, digital agencies, and kind of related SaaS businesses. Yeah. Um, but the but our the preview there is that there's a short period of cautiousness followed by a period of great prosperity for a lot of these companies, especially okay. when it comes to potentially selling the business. Now, 
now just to, to, to get into it, what are you basing that off of? Is that based off of, you know, 2001, 2008, like seeing that there's that, because, because people are, are, are terrified right now because lots of us haven't been through a crash, mm-hmm. right? Let, let alone a pandemic. Sure. Um, I, I, and sorry, I'm not trying to, I'm just trying to get a good answer out of you. Yeah. Um, no, no problem. I mean, well, I'm basing it on a number of things. I mean, but one of the things that we've been telling clients and potential clients is that, you know, this particular event, much like the prior you know, events in history that we would even put in the same category, is actually unique, you know, in and of itself. And all of the attributes related to why it's occurring and what's going to happen as we go through this are, are fairly idiosyncratic. And, um, and so while, yes, history is a bit of a guide, I think in this particular case, the good news for, I think, everyone throughout the world is that, um, you know, if you compare it to the most recent uh, event, which was 0809, where we had a massive financial crisis, the, the bones and the root causes of that were very different than, than what we're going through now. And the good news is for this particular event, there's such a strong foundation from which to quickly bounce back from yeah. that we think it's going to be a very different experience this time around versus say 08, 09 or 01 or even 87. Yeah. Well, this, I mean, just to jump in for a sec, this one is a little bit more man-made, right? Um, I'm not, not the virus itself, but, but putting us into this, whatever this is going to be recession or, or whatever we're, right. we're doing this to protect people, right? We could have as a world just said like, now nah, we're just going to let the virus go through and, and, and we're just going to 2% of everyone like we're going to be okay with, but, but we all decided that we're okay with doing this. Mm-hmm. And so I think that we're going to be able to pull out of this better. So I'm, I'm just, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. Yeah, that's right. And I think the other thing to keep in mind is, especially, you know, we're obviously, we're U.S. focused, but we have clients throughout the world and, you know, ultimate, you know, acquirers of the companies we sell throughout the world. But focused on the U.S., for example, um, the economy was incredibly strong. The banking system incredibly well capitalized prior to this. And I think that plays a big role. Cool. Awesome. Chris, do you have any thoughts on this? Well, I spoke a lot on your last podcast, so I'm, I'm trying to give Jason a lot of, uh, <laughs> a lot of runway. More airtime? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I think, you know, obviously when it comes to, when it comes to talking about pretty much any of these topics, um, you know, this is why I wanted to bring uh, Jason um, on this podcast as well. He's got yeah. a lot of thoughts. He's, he's you know, <laughs> went through the Great Recession working in uh, large capital mar- markets and investment banking. And so, you know, obviously kind of going through this, even though it's a, it's a new experience for everybody, you know, having gone through, through this before, I know that he brings a lot of really good uh, thought to the, to the table. So, you know, I, I run business development here for our firm um, as one of the partners. And, you know, from a business development perspective, I'm having lots of conversations like this. You know, people are asking questions around, hey, can I even sell my business now? And the short answer is, of course, of course, you can still sell your business, you know, Um, and Jason will get into this a little bit later. But, you know, we firmly believe that um, as you know, as a firm, we're taking the view that 
Ecom on the other side of this is going to win. I think it's got a lot of upside um, on, I, on the I'm, other side of all of this. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I mean, I'm, I'm uh, always, you know, the, the optimist, like the ever optimist. But I think in this case, I think that e-commerce, there's nothing but upside after this, right? Yeah. I think that if we come out of this and we live in a different kind of way, uh, a way that's a little less um, uh, connected with each other, um, yeah. it, it, like if you're running an e-commerce store, you're, you're nothing but up from here. Yeah. Right? Well, I mean, if too, anything, this oh, is the death of, this is the death of brick and mortar. It's just another paradigm shift. And I mean, look yeah. back in 03, when SARS hit, um, China, uh, there was, uh, an explosion of this little website called Alibaba, right? You know, there was a large paradigm shift away from starting the paradigm shift away from, um, you know, traditional brick and mortar being the only place a lot of folks would go for uh, commerce to now Alibaba came on the scene and really yeah. started to effectively uh, explode after that. So, you know, I, I, I saw my I saw my mother-in-law earlier uh, just a couple hours ago. I had to pick something up off of her front porch and we social distanced, but we spoke good, good. Um, for uh, for a few minutes. And you know, the other thing that we're training people to do um, indirectly is order more online, especially the baby boomer generation yeah. like my mother-in-law. And we had the conversation about that and she goes, you know, I didn't really think about it, but you're right. I've ordered more online than I've ever ordered before. And it's like, yes, and now you're being trained to do that more often versus just driving in your car and going to the store. Um, and so I think that, again, on the other side of this, uh, I think that e-com is going to have some, some serious upside. Yeah. Yeah. So what happens to, um, to valuations right now for companies? Well, what we've seen so far, you know, uh, historically, you know, we, we, we play in the private market space. So we're selling companies that are privately held, oftentimes to publicly traded companies, but also oftentimes to other private businesses or individuals. Um, the public markets often lead the private markets, but there's a couple things about how the two compare historically that is important. Number one, private markets tend to be far less volatile than public markets. Mm. And so that means on the upside, they don't swing as hard. And on the downside, they don't swing as hard. So when you look at the S&P, say 500, you know, publicly traded uh, equities in the U.S. and say down 30%, you certainly can't um, automatically correlate that to a similar move in private uh, valuations. Now, what we've seen so far in, in our world is that valuations have been a relatively unaffected. I mean, for the most part, unaffected. Okay. Now, there tends to be a bit of a time lag in these things. And so, there, you know, this is all fairly new, you know, in the last couple of weeks or so that you've had such a big move in public markets that it's certainly more likely than not that there will be some move down uh, in valuations for private companies. That's a reasonable thing to assume. But like, you know, it, you know, like in all cases, whether it's in a good market or a bad market, it's vertical specific frequently. Right. You know, valuation in private companies tends to be more vertical specific, more idiosyncratic, um, and that will not only continue, but I think it'll start to even exacerbate a little bit. There's going to be a little bit of the winners and losers kind of thing where some people are hurt 
and some people actually they see their valuations increase and some people see a relative you know kind of staying in place so so far uh, over the last call it three to four weeks we have not seen a valuation shift much at all up or down in in our world okay okay um, I, I've got and this is totally a um, you know a naive sort of question um, are we seeing companies now coming to you saying like, look, hey, we want to acquire some companies to, to bolster our revenue numbers or bolster our, our, um, our profit numbers? Like, are you seeing public companies doing that? And that, again, I, it's just a thought. So far, I'd say, again, no. I think we're a little early for that. But, but what I will say, I'll give you a good example. Um, I had a call earlier today with a large public company on a transaction that, uh, quite frankly, in another environment, they might not be super interested in. Okay. But all of a sudden, they're very interested. Okay. And why, so, why is that? Because it relates to what we're saying with respect to, okay, I want to acquire more e-commerce exposure. Yeah. Right. And they're looking at across their business and saying, I don't have enough e-com exposure or, you know, to the kinds of exposure that I want to have coming out of this. So all of a sudden, something that was less important is now more important. And that what, what we think you're going to see is a shift in capital allocation. So let's take a private equity firm, for example, who has a portfolio of companies across a lot of different industries. You know, they put together a strategy, you know, every year typically that says these are the areas we're going to focus on. Yeah. And they even, you know, allocate their time and their capital accordingly. Well, those allocations absolutely are going to shift in light of all of this. And so all of a sudden there be there may be capital that would have been devoted to a different vertical that now shifts over. Gotcha. Gotcha. Devoted to you know, a vertical that seems to maybe be positively affected with some of these events. That's right. Gotcha. Interesting. Um, so uh, did you go through 2008, 2009, like in, in this same industry? Yes, I was in uh, investment banking. I was not, I was not with our firm. Our firm had not begun yet, but yes, I was, my background is in uh, investment banking and capital markets. So I was with a hedge fund uh, in 08, 09. And okay. so, yes, absolutely went, went through this from, uh, from a similar seat. Yeah. So did you see mergers and acquisitions skyrocket after that? No, you did not. And okay. um, I think that is one of the areas that I think is going to be different this type of, you know, this time around because yeah. Last time you had a really effectively a, a banking over leverage um, cause of what occurred, which made it much more likely to a drag for a much longer period of time. Yeah. And B, the recovery when it did occur to not be as sharp. Also, going into 0809, you didn't have nearly the same amount of what we call dry powder, which is cash that's sitting in balance sheets or on private equity firms uh, in their funds, ready to do deals. And okay. so, you know, what you started to see, what tends to happen with financial markets in general, especially broad financial markets is they tend to be leading indicators. So they, they, they effectively go down 
before the data shows that we're going into a recession, let's say. Yeah. And then it goes up before technically we're out of the recession. So there are, they tend to be leading in, in their nature. Okay. Um, and I think what here, our expectation is given the environment going into this event, it is going to effectively not only put kind of a floor under the M&A market, but will absolutely kind of cause more of that V shape rather than a long sort of U shape. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. I, I'm loving all this because all this is, is very positive, positive thinking. Yeah. And, and I, I love it. Um, let's talk strategy. What do companies do? You know, the, the people who listen to this are mostly, you know, medium size, small to medium size e-commerce companies. What do, what do they do to prepare, um, you know, if they are looking for an exit right now? I, and, and maybe, maybe right now is the wrong, the wrong term, but like, one to three years out from right now, what do people do during this time to prepare? Well, there's, there's a handful of things that we've been really focused on with our, you know, clients and we'll call them potential clients. You know, one would be look at your liquidity picture and see if there's any way to improve it. Right. You know, it's good to get your hands on extra liquidity, extra cash, um, if you can, and if, if it's not going to effectively, you know, with, with the debt service, if you're raising cash through debt, it's not going to put too much of a burden on your business because our advice to e-commerce businesses, digital agencies, you know, related services, 3PL, so on and so forth is now's the time to prepare for the coming positive storm. And so what do you need to do? You need to get enough liquidity so that you can keep up uh, with demand. You don't want to run out of inventory. Um, that's the last thing you want to see. You want to be fully yes. prepared there. I, can, you, can you say that one more time? Because I, I'm having this conversation with people. We just talked with our CFO yesterday mm -hmm. um, at our clothing company. And that was the argument that we were having, or uh, just more the conversation that we're having back and forth is like, well, what do we do? for? Because we're buying fall right now, obviously. Right. Right. And we're having to spend a lot of money. <laughs> take risk. Like, yeah. yeah. So like, like you said, do not run out of inventory, right? As no. soon as you do that, you don't have a business. That's right. That's right. And you don't, I mean, the, the point is to be able to take full advantage of the opportunity that's, you know, going to be presented. So, so you want to, you want to look at your balance sheet. You want to look at your liquidity. You want to make sure you're, you know, you have a lot of inventory, anticipate you know, increases in sales. You know, obviously there are going to be exceptions. There are going to be certain categories, verticals that, that that may not be the case, but for the most part, anticipate that on a macro level, you know, uh, online sales are going to, uh, going to be higher than what they would have otherwise been. Yeah. Um, I think that it's key to, and this is more of just a mental thing where, I think it's easy in the sort of deluge of media and virus tracking and so on and so forth to get distracted or to stop thinking strategically about your business, right? And just yeah. focus on, wow, I wonder what's going to happen tomorrow. I wonder what's going to happen in a week with the virus. And I think that the key is here is to know that, you know, there is another side to this. It's not that far away. All you have to do is look at China, look at South Korea, uh, to know that it's not going to be months upon months upon months. It's not. So no, I, I keep trying to, sorry, sorry to step on you there. No, I keep trying ahead. to encourage people 
um, in, in our sphere that like we, um, we get all of our, um, for a clothing company, we get all of our supplies, um, all of our fabric from China. Mm-hmm. And for them, they, they didn't skip a beat. Like they, they were, you know, they were incredible as far as, um, you know, coming in, um, half the staff coming in in the mornings, half the staff coming in at night. Um, and they've gotten through this now, right? They've, they've totally gotten through this. There's like, the only cases are people now coming back into the country. If we can do the same thing, that was a month and a half, I believe. No, maybe two months, mm-hmm. right? We'll get through right. this soon. Right. And so I think the, the, the rewards for thinking strategically and not getting strac- distracted, I think are going to be, be pretty handsome. I think that, you know, you had mentioned about exiting the business. I mean, one thing that, that we do firmly believe is going to occur here is as soon as we're done with what we're calling this panic period mm-hmm. and the world at least starts to kind of get itself back to normal, even though that normal may look a little different for a while, you're going to see a lot of capital chasing digital companies, e-commerce companies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's actually incredibly prudent that if you were already thinking, hey, I might sell my company in the next one to two years, yeah. to actually seriously consider being ready to take your company to market if the environment ultimately comes to fruition the way we think it is to capitalize in the short run, because if a lot of capital is chasing those deals, what does that mean? It means valuations or, you know, multiples are going to expand and it may turn out to be in the next six to eight, nine months, an incredibly good time to sell your company. Mm, interesting. Um, anytime you have a lot of capital chasing, uh, you know, not a lot of assets, ultimately what happens is pricing goes up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I truly believe, and this is my, my negative side coming out here. I truly believe that a lot of companies um, aren't going to like e-com companies aren't going to make it through Mm -hmm. um, right now. And, um, and I'm, I'm sad for that, but I hope that on the other side of that, some of them can come out and, and, and think like, well, what do I need to, how do I need to set my company up? We, We, I go through like lots of our podcast library and think like, you know, I had Mike Michalowicz on talking about profit first. And mm-hmm. unless you're thinking, um, you know, your company's set up with that extra, right? And I don't think you're going to make it at, at this point right now. But mm-hmm. the companies that are set up well, I, I agree. Like, what a great time to be able to, to exit. Mm-hmm. Well, what I'll, I'll say to that, um, you know, if you're feeling like, you had a good business. I'm going to, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to get political here at all, but just to sort of, to kind of parrot what's being said in the daily briefings here in the United States is if you had a, a viable company before this and this event, you know, is creating a scenario where you no longer have a viable company, the point of the stimulus measures that are occurring now is to help you make sure you still have a company. So one of the other pieces of advice uh, that we have, if you're feeling like you're in a little bit of trouble or you need some liquidity or whatever it is, make sure you stay educated and on top of these stimulus uh, measures so you can take advantage of those um, and potentially keep your business healthy during this time because Theoretically, that's the whole point of why they're they're doing this is to help you bridge 
to the other side um, so you still have a viable business. Yeah, yeah, totally. And there will be another, uh, the other side. Like we're going right. to go Yes, and I don't think it's going to be all that long. I think, you know, again, we're not, you know, medical professionals here by any sense, but it feels to us like the, the virus-related news is, has a lot of upside surprise, um, much more upside risk than downside risk, it feels, the way, you know, the way the data is coming in, at least in, in our country here in the U.S. Yeah, yeah, well, totally, and I, I feel like things are, things are starting to level out in Canada as of, as of you know, now, but uh, yeah, I guess, yeah. I guess we'll, we'll find out. Um, what other sort of wisdom do you have um, uh, for us throughout this time and for the e-commerce store owners that are out there? Well, I think that, um, you know, now's a good time to just, you know, kind of get educated and reflect a little bit. I, I think that's, that's one of the, one of the things we're encouraging people to do. It's, you know, events like this often cause us to take stock of, of all sorts of things in our lives, right? Professional, yeah. personal, family, whatever they may be. So for, uh, from a professional standpoint, you now sort of, you're starting to experience what your business will do in a very kind of difficult time period. Yeah. And your the weak any weaknesses that your business had are probably being exploited right now, um, and, and revealed. Yeah. And so I think you know treating this as a learning experience and getting smarter about things that maybe you felt like weren't important before, and now all of a sudden you're like, wow, I probably should have known about that before. And you know we can't all know about everything. It's not really a criticism. It's more of an opportunity of of being able to say, you know, how can I use this to, to strengthen my company and make it better going forward? Yeah. And, and looking for those, uh, I think those opportunities to do that is really a key. I think it does two things. One is it actually causes you to probably create a, a better company and, and make your company better. But also, I think from a mental standpoint, I think it's great for mental health. Uh, right now because it gives you a, a focus uh, and it gives you a really productive purpose when there's a lot of uh, distractions and, and negative information flying around. Yeah. Awesome. That's great. Chris, anything from you? Nothing. I think Jason covered it, man. <laughs> I yeah. I don't really have a whole lot to add. Yeah. Uh, you know, I echo, I echo what Jason just said, you know, what, what can people do right now? you know, absolutely educating themselves, um, you know, starting to have conversations with us. If you have more, if you have more questions, we would encourage any of your listeners, um, you know, any, any folks that are listening now, listening a bit later, and they've got just other questions specific to their business and they want to dial in and dig a little bit deeper. Um, yeah. we're here to help. Uh, yeah. you know, we want to be, um, highly informative, highly educational, um, consultative. Your audience members aren't going to get a big fat sales pitch from from myself or from Jason or one of our partners or any of our support staff. You just, we just want to try and help uh, folks get a little bit better perspective while we go through this together. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah, really, really appreciate it, guys. And where can people get a hold of you? Yeah, so uh, you can go to, uh, like I said in your last podcast, if you're still using Yahoo or Bing, the 3% of your listeners, uh, they can uh, just type in Global Wired Advisors. 
can do that also in Google. We'll be number one that, that pop up. Uh, but globalwiredadvisors.com is, um, is the website address. Uh, they can reach out directly to me. I'm cs at globalwiredadvisors.com. Um, so they can just email me directly. And then anybody listening through Facebook, I actually shared um, your, this, this current Facebook Live onto oh. our Facebook as well. So awesome. we have all of our contact information on LinkedIn and, and Facebook too. Awesome. That's great. Yeah, we'll, we'll keep this live stream up um, for a while. Awesome. So yeah, awesome guys. Well, I really, really appreciate your time here. Um, yeah, thanks Jordan. And, yeah, uh, thanks Jordan. Appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. These are really unprecedented times and we don't know what the future is going to look like. What we do know is that there's hope. With every downturn in the market, there's companies who are going to make it and those who won't. With all that being said, we'll be putting on weekly, if not more than weekly, webinars where we talk about what funding is available during times like these, how to pivot your business, what types of marketing messaging to use in times of crisis, and more. Join us at mindfulmarketing.co slash free dash webinar. Thanks so much.